0: Chapter 11 of aunt jane's nieces on the ranch by L. Frank Baum this LibriVox recording is in the public domain recording by Lynn Thompson Chapter 11 the major encounters the ghost Ascending once more to the library the weary watchers resumed their former attitudes of waiting as patiently as they might for the coming of the day uncle john looked at his watch and found it was only a little after two o'clock the minutes seemed hours to-night suddenly a tremendous shriek rent the night a shriek so wild and blood-curdling in its intensity that they sprang up and clung to each other in horror while they stood motionless and terror-stricken there came a thump thump as of some heavy object tumbling down the three or four steps leading from the hall to the corridor of the old south wing and then the door burst open and major doyle clothed in red and white striped pyjamas fairly fell into the library rolled twice over and came to a stop in a sitting position from whence he let out another yell that would have shamed a cherokee indian and which so startled big runyon that he held a tenor note at high c for fully a minute much like the whistle of a peanut roaster the which was intended for an expression of unqualified terror Patsy was the first to recover and kneel beside the poor major whose eyes were literally bulging from their sockets Oh dad dear dad. What is it? She cried The major shuddered and clapped his hands to his eyes Then he rocked back and forth moaning dismally while Patsy clung to his neck sobbing and nearly distracted "speak major" commanded arthur uh, "a ghost" was the wailing reply "a ghost" echoed the amazed spectators "did you see it" questioned uncle john in a trembling voice as he bent over his brother-in-law "see it" shouted the major removing his hands to glare angrily at mr merrick "how could i see anything in the dark the room was black as pitch but you said a ghost" Of course I said a ghost retorted the major querulously as he rubbed his bare ankle with one hand to soothe the bump You don't have to see a ghost to know it's there. Do you and this ghost Oh Patsy darling? I can't say it. It's too horrible Again a fit of shuddering seized him and he covered his eyes anew and rocked his body back and forth while he maintained his seat upon the floor his legs were spread wide apart and he wiggled his big toes convulsively beth asked with bated breath did you hear the ghost then major um i heard it he moaned and it's the end of all the destroyer of our hopes the harbinger of despair look here major said uncle john desperately be a man and tell us what you mean it it was a baby baby jane Arthur sobbed and dropped his head upon the table. Rudolph groaned. Runyon swore softly, but with an accent that did not seem very wicked. Uncle John stared hard at the major. You're an ass, he said. You've had a nightmare. The major could not bear such an aspersion, even under the trying circumstances. He scrambled to his feet, this time trembling with indignant anger, and roared, I tell you, I heard baby baby jane and she was crying don't i know don't i know our baby's voice arthur leaped to his feet a resolute expression upon his face instantly they all turned and followed him from the room into the hall up the steps and through the corridor of the south wing they passed and just inside the major's room rudolph struck a match and lighted a lamp that stood upon the table The place was in wild disorder, for when the major leaped from the bed, he had dragged the coverings with him, and they lay scattered upon the floor. The chair in which he had placed his clothing had been overturned, and there was no question that his flight had been a precipitous rout. The casement of the windows, set far back in the thick adobe wall, was wide open, and the night breeze that came through it made the flame of the lamp flicker weirdly. Beth proved her courage by boldly crossing the room and closing the window while the others stood huddled just inside the door Back of them all was the white face of major Doyle a brave soldier who had faced the enemy Unflinchingly in many a hard-fought battle But a veritable poltroon in an imaginary ghostly presence Scarcely daring to breathe they stood in tense attitudes listening for a repetition of the baby's cry only an awesome sustained silence rewarded them the major's open watch upon the table ticked out the minutes five ten fifteen then the doctor crept back to the library and quietly resumed his book presently runyon joined him between you and me doc said the big fellow i don't take much stocking ghosts nor i returned dr knox major doyle is overwrought his imagination has played him a trick rudolph hahn entered and lighted a fresh cigar curious thing wasn't it he said no mere hallucination declared the doctor i don't know about that answered the boy seems to me a ghost would do about as a person in life did the child cried poor little baby jane and the ghostly wail was heard in the one room in this house that is haunted the blue room Perhaps there's something about the atmosphere of that room that enables those who have passed over to make themselves heard by us Who are still in the flesh? He was so earnest that the doctor glanced at him thoughtfully over the top of his book It's the dead of night and you're agitated and unreasonable Hahn. in the morning. You'll be ashamed of your credulity Dolph sat down without reply his wife came in and sat beside him taking his hand in hers in another quarter of an hour, back came Uncle John, shivering with the chill of the corridor, and stood warming himself before the great fire. If the major heard the baby, he said reflectively, "It must be proof that that something has happened to the little dear, and and we must face the worst." Well, it was baby I heard," asserted the major, who, having hastily donned his clothes, now made his reappearance in the library. I was lying in a sort of doze when the cry first reached my ears Then I sat up and listened and heard it again distinctly as if little Jane were only two feet away then 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 you tested your lungs and made your escape added the doctor dryly. I admit it sir Said major Doyle haughtily had it been anyone else who encountered the experience even a pill peddler He would have fainted In the blue room patsy and beth alone remained with arthur weldon not a sound broke the stillness When an hour had passed patsy said won't you go away arthur beth, and I will watch He shook his head you can do no good by staying in this awful place pleaded the girl speaking in a whisper if She if baby should be heard again. I I'd like to be here he said pathetically Patsy knew he was suffering and the fact aroused her to action Father isn't a coward she remarked and either he heard the cry or he dreamed it in the latter case It amounts to nothing but if Jane really cried out that fact ought to give us an important clue He started at this suggestion which the girl had uttered without thought merely to reassure him Yet now she started herself Struck by the peculiar significance of her random words In what way Patsy asked Beth calmly that was the spur she needed She glanced around the room a moment and then asked who built this wing Arthur? Cristoval? I suppose I heard it was the original dwelling he replied the rest of the house was built at a much later date Perhaps two generations labored in constructing the place. I do not know but it is not important oh yes it is cried patsy with increasing ardor the rest of the house is like many other houses but these walls are six or eight feet in thickness adobe said arthur carelessly they built strongly in the mission days yet these can't be solid blocks persisted the girl rising to walk nervously back and forth before the walls there must be a space left inside And see, the major's bed stands close to the outer wall, which is the thickest of all. He stared at her in amazement and then, realising the meaning of her words, sprang to his feet. Beth was equally amazed and looked at her cousin in wonder. Oh, Patsy, she exclaimed, the baby hasn't been lost at all. Of course not, declared Patsy, her great eyes brilliant with inspiration. She's imprisoned! End of chapter 11